non-stop rock talk with Tyson Bryden. Good afternoon, Nick. Uh, really good to talk to you, man. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. Um, how you doing, man? Hey, good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm very good. Very good indeed. Um, I have to say that in North America, we don't get enough press on, on Gothard. Um, it's funny because the latest album, 13, I actually came across the release party on YouTube. I was just kind of scrolling through YouTube one day and I was like, what the hell is this? So I watched the video and I was like, is this all the new music? Like, this is amazing. Um, and I had been a fan oh, cool. in the past. It's just we don't get enough press on on anything in terms of the band. So, yeah. um, and I sometimes you kind of lose touch, right? Yeah. I, I really should talk to my people then. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, the music's so good. And they have, I mean, you guys, this is the 13th album. And, like, I tell my friends and they're like, Who? I'm like, oh man, like they're this huge band in Switzerland and, and nobody knows, a lot of people don't know who they are in North America. There are some that do. And the ones that do know you guys, they absolutely love the band. It's just like the word needs to be spread more across here. So that, I mean, cause the music is, I, I think is so good that people should be able to hear it. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it'd be, I mean, it'd be fantastic. You know, I, I obviously we we and to just come and play over as well would be great. You know, um, so uh, yeah, absolutely. We we uh, it's uh, yeah, it's always difficult. You know, you, you it's uh, who, who does what and how how things. Of course, the the band's based in Europe and it's been touring you know here in Europe for for so many years. So it's a kind of the following is here and everything is here and uh, I guess uh, I don't know I, I guess they all the promo people don't really push it in other territories maybe or you know yeah it's really it's really a strange thing it's I mean I think a lot of European bands though that the, that that like hard rock bands because um, hard rock's not huge here anymore it was it, it's such a weird dynamic in terms of music over in, especially in Canada um, I'm not too sure on the states. I think they're a little bit more open because there's so many more people. We're what 37 million, and they're 335 million or something like that. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, the thing is, I mean, of course, in in Europe, um, I mean, you know, I was I was living in Australia for kind of, you know, I've been I've been in Switzerland for about 10 years now, but I, I, before that, I was in Australia for like 17 years, and and it was. Uh, uh, yeah, very different. I mean, I had no idea the hard rock kind of thing was still going so strong, you know, until I sort of joined the band and moved here and realised that, wow, there's, there's actually Europe is, is uh, I mean, there's so many festivals yeah. in so many different countries here and they're all predominantly all hard rock ones, you know, they're all rock ones and stuff. So it's this, and a lot of these bands that you kind of thought, did, you know, from, from the 80s or you know, that you kind of thought, or even 70s or, you know, that you thought didn't, kind of exist anymore well they're still touring you know they're still here and, and there's so much kind of going on even though like kind of you know in the mainstream on the radio and everything you, you're not really getting much hard rock but it doesn't matter still the the these bands are still are still you know playing everywhere and 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 some of the bigger ones filling out stadiums and stuff without any radio or anything you know so it's uh, yeah it's still it's still very much alive uh, in europe for sure that's fantastic. I mean, I love hearing that too, because over here it's so, it's, like I said, it's just so different. Um, 
I mean, it's, it's, I think it's similar to what you're describing is probably very similar to Australia as well. You know, the hard rock thing is not really, I mean, it's, it's quite, it's pretty small, you know, Yeah. which, um, I mean, I'm always talking about this with um, actually a good friend of mine, uh, uh, the boys from Airborne, you know, and, yeah. and they're, sort of, they're sort of saying the same thing as well, you know, so it's, it's uh, just kind of weird because it's Oz, Oz, Oz rock, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Airborne. And it's working kind of better outside of Australia than, than you know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> that is kind of weird. I mean, Airborne Airborne actually had radio play here, I think, on the first first album. And yeah. then, it, and that's another dynamic here, is you'll get it, an album will come out, they'll play that first album. By the time the next album comes out, it may not be cool anymore. It's so, North America is so trendy in terms of music. Yeah. And it drives you crazy, yeah. right? Like, but... But bands like Def Leppard and Motley Crue and Poison, like the bigger bands, they still sell it, like for for shows, right? So people, see yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and everybody talks about it. Like they've been talking about that tour that's that's going to be here um, in the summer if it happens about that for months, and everybody's totally anticipating it. But um, for smaller yeah, bands, yeah, cool. it's a lot tougher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did so? You came from Australia. Were you? Um, I'm kind of changing a little bit here, but were you, I, I'm assuming you were singing over there in a band? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually, I was, I'm Swiss as well. I was, I was born uh, in Switzerland and uh, most of my family's, well, all my family really is from here. And, and we, uh, my parents migrated to Australia when I was, when I was uh, just after I was born sort of thing. So, so, I, and I, I really grew up between both countries, you know, sort of doing two or three years here, two, two or three years there, and kind of just back and forth, always kind of being the, the you know, the, <laughs> the the new kid in school, I suppose. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, I mean, I, yeah, I had bands. I mean, I, I, my entire life, yeah, lots of bands, lots of, I've been doing this since, uh, well, for a very long time. So, uh, but, I, yeah, but, but at that time I'd been, I'd been in Australia for when, when um, I started auditioning for, for Goddard. In 2010, I think it was, yeah, 2010 when I started the audition uh, process. Um, yeah, I was still living in, I'd been in Australia for something like, you know, 17 years or something. And, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd had quite a few bands and, and signed, signed a few major labels and things. So I'd been doing it for, for quite a while. And uh, the band I had just before that was uh, actually a band called Mater, which, which I had with my brother. Oh, okay. And uh, we were, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers uh, signed band, and and before that, I had some other things with my brother as well. We we sort of always always been doing it, you know, since since we were kids, really. And, yeah. How, but, how uh, did they? How did Godhart find you? Well, we actually, funnily enough, back back in um, uh, or back in like '94 or something, I was living in Switzerland at the time, and I had a band. Uh, a band there at the time, and we we actually played in the same festival together. Oh, wow. They they were they were headlining the festival already, yeah. And uh, my band, we were opening the festival, so it's kind of so. I think it was their first album, and um, well, even maybe the second by then. I'm, I'm not sure, but we uh, yeah. So I, I I mean, of course, you know, I I, I always knew about Gotthard uh, being such a, a big Swiss band, and and then kind of. Lived in Australia then shortly after that, and for, for, for such a long time, I completely lost touch with kind of what was going on in in, in Switzerland musically, really, mm-hmm. and just focused on really what you know where I was in Australia, and uh, yeah, and then I, I mean I've heard that um, 
that Steve Lee had uh, this singer had passed away, and uh, and actually a friend of mine who who was the drummer at the time, he was the drummer for Crocus actually okay. in Switzerland, and and so he he contacted me and um, and uh, yeah thought that I should audition, you know, and so I, I kind of did, you know, I I, I yeah I started the whole process and uh, and uh, I think the whole auditioning thing took about. Well, all together because we because I went back for quite a few. We even we even spent some time songwriting together before I was in the band as well. So we just just kind of I think the whole process went about eight months. Wow! By the time that, but they had also a lot of people to go through. They <laughs> something like over four hundred uh, people that applied that, 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 that went for the job. So that's crazy. So it was yeah. So it just took a long. It took a really long time. So, well, what seemed to be a long time for me, I mean, eight, eight months is kind of long. <laughs> and actually, I was going back and forth between Australia and Switzerland quite a lot. To, you know, I, think, I think I did the trip three times in that in that space of time, you know, to, just to going back. Oh, you want to come back again? You know, can you come back? <laughs> you know, and eventually, yeah, eventually got the job. And then all of a sudden, I had like three weeks to kind of pack my life up and, and leave. You know? Wow. So, That's yeah. So, and then. And then it was just rush, 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 you know. It was, uh, uh, and then kind of never really stopped. <laughs> it's been almost ten years. So. Yeah, it's crazy. I was, I mean, I was just, I was just looking at that the other day, and I was, I was like, ten years already. Holy cow! It's amazing. Yeah, it flies right. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. you know, four, four studio albums for me now already. Yeah. And it's like wow. I, I, yeah, I actually find it still hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, and um. I mean, from watching that YouTube video, I just I just noticed the interaction of you guys, and you guys just seemed like you were having fun, and it was like there were some funny parts where like where Mark goes and takes the picture of yeah. no audience, and he's like, "Hey, you in the back," and then you come on and you're like, "You're like, I don't know where he comes up with this stuff." Like, this is I I honestly have watched like I have a treadmill in my in my apartment, so. I'll run on the treadmill and I'll turn that on and crank the crap out of it because it gets me pumped up watching it. So I've oh, wow, watched cool. that video like ten times. <laughs> oh wow, awesome! Yeah, no, well, I mean that—that that was again, you know, it was right at the start of this lockdown stuff. And yeah, we um, we we literally we still didn't know if our tour was going to be cancelled. We did, we had no idea. It was really just at the beginning, and and uh, we had this release date. I mean, we talked about you know we changed the release date of the album you know but it was just everything was just set in motion and we just thought no let's let's just keep going with it and, and then we we they canceled they they made us cancel our our release party and then and then they then we figured we could maybe try and do it in, in a radio station because there's this um, close to where our rehearsal room is there's actually a on the in the Italian speaking side of Switzerland, actually really close to on the border of Italy, which is kind of one of the worst hit areas with the virus, right? Yeah. And we we and so we was gonna we thought we would do this um, this radio show that got this great stage with cameras and things, and we could have streamed it from there. And then that didn't work out because of the whole um, uh, so you know being so close to to the north of Italy there, and everything kind of started shutting down there as well. And, and it was just as it was going on, so we just had to keep keep changing plans literally daily, yeah. until until uh, I, I think it was maybe Leo or someone came up with the idea. Just said, "Hey, why don't we just do it in our rehearsal room? You know, let's just get a." So we just hired a 
got a film crew to come down and and uh, and uh, yeah, I just thought, hey, let's just do, let's just invite, kind of invite people into our rehearsal room and and just kind of do a laid back, uh, you know, kind of you know, play a few of the new songs and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it's, I'm really I'm really happy. I mean, I, I was I was a bit uh, I wasn't sure about doing this thing. I thought, oh, I don't know, I don't know, but we but uh, no one had really it was right at the beginning of this whole streaming thing, I suppose. And, and but I'm so, I'm so glad we did it now. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's at least we, you know, at least it's kind of one thing that we're able to do. You know, so before and and, and literally after that, we we just kind of we haven't seen each other. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, and that was that was March thirteenth, right? March thirteenth, yeah. And then and then we um, yeah we literally uh, we all went our separate ways and. And, uh, and that's it, you know. We, we and then uh, everything sort of started getting getting cancelled. So we actually we're supposed to start the European tour uh, in about like five days, and we, we were supposed to start in uh, Budapest and then uh, Vienna, I think, and then work our way through Germany and and then back down to Switzerland and and we had some yeah France and uh, Italy and. So a whole lot of places, and, and literally was supposed to start in about five days. So that that was the first thing to get cancelled, which we, we pushed to um, uh, to January. And, but the Swiss tour we pushed to October, which uh, I'm still hoping that will happen. Obviously, because we never know how long these things go on for. And and we uh, and all our actually all the summer festivals have not been cancelled yet; they're still on. Well, but uh, I, I've got a I don't know I don't know about that. Honestly, um, we're supposed to. The first one we're supposed to play is twenty sixth of June, but I don't know. It seems quite close. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, it's you're thinking. Going on. I mean, it's the beginning of April, but we're thinking like the late thinking late June, and you're, you know, it does seem close because because two months goes by so quickly, right? I mean, it's so quick, and with all this stuff, and I mean, the news is changing every day. Okay, things seem to kind of easing up a little but still I think by the time they actually let people you know get like big gatherings happen again I think it's going to be I don't know I mean you know it's uh, yeah (laughs) we just have no idea yeah exactly I mean on that video um, the first song which was um, Every Time I Die um, when when Leo starts chugging that like I believe it's a drop it's probably in drop D because it's just like it's so heavy um it's just like yeah. that is like the perfect lead off in the way you guys did it because it's different than on the album there's more of an intro on the album just chugging on that d and then and then fred comes in with the guitar and like that song just drives man that's such a good tune yeah oh cool thanks thanks man yeah no it's uh well we we um actually that 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 song was i actually wanted to open the album with that song and uh, we uh, we ended up going going for another one, but uh, for bad news, obviously. But it, it's uh, it's uh, but I always thought it'd be a great opener, and also a great opener for um, for, for for shows as well. You know, so it's always great if you can open the show with the opener on the album. It's always great. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but we we sort of tried it, and uh, we we figured out that because uh, we we sort of spent, you know, we were preparing for the tour, so we sort of spent. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks. We'd already been practicing for a couple of weeks and trying out all the new songs just to see which ones we're going to do live and which ones kind of work the best and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. 
And uh, and that one always, every time I die, always just sounds great. It just works straight away. It just doesn't need much effort, you know. It's like it's just one of those songs you just kind of plug in and play. It just works, you know. So, And it's a great kind of fast, you know, fast song with a great drive and, and uh, yeah, we, we just thought, hey, let, let's 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 really try it as an opener for the, for the shows, and and, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's I think it that's, works. Uh, I, th- I mean, totally as soon as that comes on, I'm just like it it catches your attention. It's just one of those, yeah, you know, just that just that riff at the beginning, and it's so simple, but it just yeah, yeah. it just captures you. And then the other part that comes in over top, it just like it's such a great build up. So, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, yeah it's, it's, we're pretty happy with that. Actually. Yeah. So well, hopefully, we should. We you know, if all goes well, we can do the same um, same kind of thing live again. You know, when when it'll be actually great fun <laughs> to do it in front of a, in front of an audience. You know. Yeah, exactly. You know what? What's funny is that I ordered I ordered the vinyl of thirteen um, on Amazon, but um, I won't get it probably for. I think it's coming from the states. So I probably will oh, right. for another month. But another funny story was I wanted to order the vinyl of silver on Amazon. Yeah. So this was Wednesday. I looked at it. It was $33, like 33 Canadian. The next yeah. day I went back to order it and they had, they had one left and bumped it up to $140. Oh, what? Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Really? So anyways, I went, I went on Discogs. I don't know if you're familiar with Discogs, but it's no, no, no. it's a it's a vinyl buying site, and they've got okay got everything. And I found it on there, a brand new copy. Someone had it for sale for forty bucks with shipping from oh, Europe, perfect. and I was like, okay, that's good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just uh, it's like these times are weird. Even Amazon, you look at pricing, and they're like bumping everything up, and it's really sad to be bumping up an album to one hundred and forty dollars. That just you know, that's yeah, especially. I mean, it, it's hard enough. I think it, it's yeah, as you know, the music industry in general. I mean, it's hard enough to sell anything anyway. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's, with all the streaming and everything going on. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's a bit that's a bit harsh. Really, that's a bit harsh. Like, it's really making it difficult for people. There, you know? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. To me, that's not right. The music should be. If people are still buying music, make it reasonable for them to buy it, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. What I also was really cool was you guys did Top of the World on that video. And right. I think I prefer that song live than on than the album version, to be honest with you, because of it's just the way you guys do it live with, you know, how like the first part of the verse does the chords. What is it like a B minor G A? And then yeah. you change the progression of the chords in the second part of the verse. And it just builds it up. So awesome. So and when you guys do it live, you guys are such a tight band. Like, it's just it's just dead on, right? Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I don't think I've heard the album. I mean, I, I heard the album version, obviously, when I was learning the songs, you know, yeah. uh, kind of 10 years ago. And, and uh, I'd, uh, yeah, I, 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 actually, it'd be interesting to, <laughs> for me to listen back to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not as powerful. As it is live, it's it's one of those things. And you guys are, I mean, they're you guys are such a good live band that I sometimes find that stuff that is on album, I I, I like it when you guys do it live because it's just like so much energy, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, cool. And not saying that the albums aren't great because they are. It's just there's just that that live dynamic, and a lot of bands don't do that. There's a lot of bands that aren't as good live as they are on album, so. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think we 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 always try and kind of uh, we, we don't necessarily do exactly what's on the album either. Like, like we'll we'll try, you know, because some parts work great on you know on an album, but but live they could be either a bit messy or they could be. Uh, or I mean, there could be a hundred reasons why maybe these certain parts don't work as well. So we 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 always really kind of readapt things to make them work live. You know, you, you, and and we usually spend a good, you know, good part of a month really just nutting out the new songs, how how we could you know really make them translate the best live, I suppose. And there's another thing too is when when. You know, most most of the time when you're writing an album, the songs are just kind of brand new. So you're not really, you know, you do them a certain way, but they kind of they kind of evolve over time. You know, so because yeah. we're, you know, it's uh, that's the other that's another thing as well. You know? Yeah, and it's funny you mention that, and that kind of segues into this question because on the album, there's the two demos for "No Time to Cry" and "I Can Say I'm Sorry," and yeah. the way those songs evolved. Like for instance, I can say I'm sorry. Um, the the demo version is uh, is piano, and then on the album, yeah, you guys actually switched it to acoustic guitar with you starting the, coming in right with the vocal. Yeah, well, it was. I mean, initially, that's that's right. Initially, it was just. I mean, I, I wrote that one. It was like just a piano. Really, it was, and it stayed a piano song for quite some time in the production as well. And then we sort of. Then we kept a piano, but we had still full band as well, but piano, you know, and no kind of no heavy guitars or anything. And we just could, we could never quite get it right, you know. And we we just I don't know the build up to the chorus or something. It didn't didn't quite. We were never happy with it, and and uh, and it's uh, and in the end we just thought let's take a completely different approach, get rid of the whole piano thing, and let's just do you know how would how would we play it in our rehearsal room without a you know without a keyboard player just us how would we do it sort of thing and and uh, yeah and then we just went with you know acoustic kind of the same approach to remember it's me yeah uh, with just kind of acoustic guitar start and then kind of build it up that way you know and and we yeah and then we kind of preferred it that way we thought no let, let's 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 go with that. Yeah, and because also we had already the uh, SOS in there as a piano song, we thought maybe it's kind of a good idea not to have too many piano songs. You know, <laughs> I mean, and then no time to cry in the demo. It's the drums, a slide guitar, allowing your voice to ring out more. But then in the album version, again, it changed. The guitar is more prominent and creates this like really cool build up. Um, well, this this was this was a big thing from um, uh, actually from Paul Lanny, you know, who who, who was uh, co-producing with Leo, and and when he he sort of came in, and we we'd already you know we'd already recorded all the songs, we had all the demos, and uh, and then he he likes to just you know he'll he'll come in and and we'll we'll play a song to him and. And he'll make some some notes and then uh, kind of have some suggestions or, or sometimes just leave it as it is. Or, but he's not shy. To, I mean, he hated that one. <laughs> oh, really? He's he sort of said, you know what, guys, we we all we all quite liked it actually. The, the, the demo version, we we were really happy with it actually. And, and he just sort of came in and said, well, you know what, I hate that song. It's like it's just so so dated, so this, so that, that guitar riff at the beginning, awful. You know, he was just bagging the shit out of the song. And we just went, oh, okay. And he just said, no, let's let's just do a really heavy, let's try completely something completely different. Let's just do a really kind of heavier version of it. And, 
yeah, and then, and then we just jammed, you know, because at that point what we do is is he'll come into the studio and we'll all be set up and ready to go and then we just play the songs. We actually just, first we listen to it and then we'll just play the song. So we kind of have to kind of, you know, we have to learn them as well. Yeah. And then and then, and then then from there on we'll, we'll start uh, just from jamming around with him in the room, we'll, we'll start to kind of change things around a bit. And, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the ones that, that had the, Really major change. So how did it happen? It happened to a few songs, you know, but that was that was the major the major change. How did he feel about the song after? Did he? Uh, yeah, no, he, he really liked it. He the, the only thing he wasn't so keen on was um, the strings oh. in that song. That's one one part which he wasn't so keen on. I mean, but he's you know he he tends to prefer things that are kind of real and raw and yeah. and uh, you know he doesn't want to overproduce which. You know, which is great. I mean, that's exactly what what he's all about: getting the vibe and getting the feel right, and getting you know, it's got to be real. It's got to it's got to be uh, yeah. It's, it's got to you, you've got to kind of feel this uh, the magic. You know, he's got to capture that magic, and that to him is way more important than than you know a- adding adding on a whole lot of stuff. So, uh, but which is you know why we wanted him. I mean, we 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 were really pretty conscious about the fact that we. I mean, we wanted a fairly raw sounding album yeah. and we knew that he could do that I mean we'd work with him obviously with me with the, the first album the, the Firebirth album and, and that's exactly what he delivered as well you know I mean just a really ball tearing album you know and, and and that's kind of what we wanted with him as well on this one so uh, I mean we even talked about not having any keyboards in this album at all oh wow you know, he, he, he actually wasn't keen on having any keyboards at all so of course we we, we want to you know get his part the the, the the um the 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 Dynamic. the Hammond is kind of a, a part of our sound, you know, yeah. as well. You know, even, even if it's in the background, but it is part of the wall of sound that yeah. we kind of have in Gotar. So, so we we definitely we, we you know we we I mean we talked about it, but we, but we knew that we would end up <laughs> um, you know putting some in anyway. But uh, but obviously it's just kind of it's it's not as in front, you know, but it's definitely still in there. And, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's. I mean, that's 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 what I mean. That's one of the things I love about about working with a producer like that is when I actually really like it when they come in and they sort of say, you know what, I hate that song, or or uh, you know, just to kind of. I think the friction, as well, that the friction kind of makes you rethink. You know, it takes you out of your com- comfort zone and it makes you rethink what you're doing and and uh, and, and I think for us it really. Uh, it has worked well, I think, and in the past with him as well. Perfect. Um, like working with him on Mysteria. I mean, that's that's a great lead off track. Um, I kind of I love those Indian style phrasings that accompany the song, the kind of the intro. The groove's really simplistic, yet I think if it's not approached properly, you know, like again going back to to the tightness of the band. Um, it's kind of like that, like "Pour Some Sugar on Me" by Def Leppard. It's like it's such a simple song, but if it's not executed properly, it's not going to come across. Um, yeah. What, well, he. I mean, that was a funny one as well with all this kind of this Oriental kind of um, um, uh, female voices on there and stuff. I mean, that, that and that was from him as well. I mean, that was completely. We did. We never even planned that. I mean, we had we had that song uh, finished. 
and uh, we we had our backing vocalists from uh, the two girls from our from our previous tour because we were still while we were making this album we were still we still had a few festivals where we were touring the defrosted the, the acoustic tour as well which which we have you know we had backing singers in so. Uh, and we'd just done a thing with them and, and they were around and we thought, hey, you know, why don't you guys just come, you know, come around and uh, get get you guys to sing, sing on some choruses and kind of, you know, get some choirs happening and things on, on, on this album. And and, uh, and one of the girls, she's Egyptian and, and uh, uh, Paul just sort of said, hey, you know, just just try and just improvise anything. Just let's just run the song from top to bottom and just just improvise anything, just anything that comes to mind, you know. And she just tried all these Oriental things on there, and yeah, we just we all thought, wow, that's kind of really different. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, we kept it, you know. But it was never planned that way at all. It was wow. just kind of just happened, you know. Just the the, the song just kind of took a, a, a life of its own, and, you know, as they all kind of did, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's it was, a really it's interesting, really good video too. The video is cool. Um, yeah, it was fun. So. Now let's talk about SOS. Now, I so that I I had original. I had the first time I ever heard that song was you guys doing it on that video, and I was actually watching it at my at work before we were all shut down because I think we were after uh, Europe and being you know people being yeah yeah. So, anyways, the song's playing, and the guy I work with, he's like, "I know that song." I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes. My mom used to play that song all the time. It's an ABBA song. I was like, what? So I had no idea. And and I'm like, wow. He's like, oh, they did, they did a really good job with it. How did you guys end up doing that song? Well, actually, it was um, the, the Swiss television uh, was doing, uh, for, for, for Christmas, for last Christmas, actually, they were, they were doing this ABBA tribute night. And uh, they asked me, to um, if I wanted to come in and and um, and do an ABBA song, I'd do my version of an ABBA song, and and I mean I, I'm I'm not a big fan, you know, kind of. Uh, I mean I'm a fan of the songwriting, and, and yeah. but 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 uh, obviously amazing, you know, amazing songwriters, but but you know it's kind of you know same thing was my my mum's favourite band and all this stuff, so you know you kind of uh, wasn't my thing at all. Yeah. But uh, so I, I I thought about it for a while. I thought oh, I don't know, I don't know, and I. I just kind of listened to a few different ABBA ones and and I just sort of thought, oh, maybe SOS, I could do something. And I just recorded a just piano and voice version of it at my house. And and um, then I just sort of figured out that, yeah, you know, actually this could work quite well. I, I, so I decided to do the TV show. Yeah. And then I just, uh, during the, the the writing sessions with the guys, I just told them what I was doing. I said, oh, you know, I'm doing this, uh, this ABBA thing, blah, blah. And, Hey, I showed him the recording, you know, of what I'd done, and they they loved it. And then Leo, he turned around and said, "Well, you know, actually, we wanted to record this band with Steve, uh, this song with Steve years ago." Oh, wow. And because uh, apparently they were going to do uh, they were going to do an album, uh, a covers album, and uh, which it didn't never happen in the end. But but apparently there's a there there was kind of a. a a demo version somewhere of where they, they they actually did a version of SOS, but a kind of really fast fast version, kind of more like kind of fast punk oh. version of it. And um, yeah, so he was really keen, and the guys were really keen to hey, you know, let's record it, let's try it. So we actually we did a few versions. We did that as well. We did kind of fast punky version of it, yeah. and uh, and then we did this version and tried a few things, and we settled on this one in the end. This was the kind of most. 
I suppose the most uh, the one with the most power and emotion and and uh, and, and the one that's the, the, the more far away from ABBA as you possibly can. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, and, and probably the most, it's the most got part way you know sounding way of doing it for us. So we, yeah. yeah, but we we you know we really tried a few versions before we, we you know to get it right. Yeah, I like the you know it starts with the piano thing and then you guys got really do it you know it gets heavier with the guitar yeah, yeah. and it just it's yeah. it just sounds so great and and it meshes so well together it's such a great yeah i just i love it how the kind of the, the you know the big the kind of guitar chords come in and then in between you've still got the piano doing its thing you know it's it's just the blend i really yeah i really love it actually yeah it's a, a really well done now going to getting to ten thousand faces it's funny because in the YouTube thing, there's a part on the album and it, it and and it says right on Amazon Music explicit because it says oh fuck yeah and then is that you <laughs> laughing on there? There's a little laugh. Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's comical. Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just just one of those things, you know. We, uh, I mean, it was, that was actually a song that initially came from um, from our bass player, from Mark, and he he he. He was sort of telling me, oh, you know, you should, you know, let's try and do something where you could kind of write a song about how you felt, uh, uh, you know, the first or kind of before the first, the very first show that I did with the guys and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I was just kind of all about that. And, and, and then we were just with, with a kind of a funny twist. And and uh, we, we actually we were tracking the vocals. It was for the for the demo, just, just Leo and I. And we just kind of wrote the lyrics there and then as we were as we were recording it really and it happened pretty fast and we yeah so and Leo loved the uh, oh fuck yes and all this stuff I love it because you know what I as soon as I'm waiting for that part I don't know why I'm like probably still like a 13 year old kid that I'm like oh I can actually say the word fuck because it's in the song right? but 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 then in the in the video you. But I mean, because people are watching, so you didn't do it. And I, I just kind of laughed at that. I was like, oh, you didn't do that part. But another part of the song is, I'm assuming that in the studio, you didn't use a megaphone. It was just EQ'd on the board differently. Um, no, well, actually, actually, in the studio, what we did is I actually, uh, actually, that was Paul's idea was he wanted, he actually wanted me to sing falsetto, this oh. whole kind of super high falsetto thing. And so, so, um, that was actually a big debate within the band because um, it was really departing from Gotthard to do that, you know. And um, we, uh, you know, it's, you know that kind of falsetto with a bit of a distortion going on, and you kind, of, you know, there's uh, there's a few few people have done that, and we that was he really thought that that was the way that the band, that that song should sound, you know. And and uh, of course, half of the guys in the band. Really didn't like it at all, and uh, and the other half did. So we were kind of in between. So so in the end, we 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 did also a version where I sing it at the octave or lower, and then we just blended the two voices together. Nice. And then that's that's actually how we get that that that's actually how that sound came about, you know. But um, uh, and it just seemed, and I just thought, well, I could, you know, the megaphone would be kind of a way to reproduce that live, you know. Oh, that's good because it's funny because there's actually another there's a band, uh, American band called Bullet Boys that just reunited and they did a live show and the first song they did they come out and the singers got a megaphone 
and you can't, oh, yeah. hear, you can't hear it. You can't hear them. Like it didn't, it didn't come out properly. Oh, didn't. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just, it was kind of, they said they experimented, I interviewed the guitar player and he said they just kind of experimented with it and unfortunately it didn't work. But when you did it, you guys, t- did you practice it prior like that or you just went in and did it? Um, I just, I mean, yeah, we, I, I was doing it at rehearsals. Yeah. I mean, I was doing it there and then, yeah. and, and then we, we, we gave it a try with, um, on the day that we recorded that, um, that um, uh, the the release party. Then we then actually we we had our sound guy there and and uh, actually our live, live guy. Yeah. And we um, and uh, and he thought no, he thought it was fine. He said yeah, no, we can definitely that'll definitely work on stage as well. So he was uh, yeah, he was fine and he, he made it work anyway. So yeah, oh, it was cool. It's cool to see that. Um, so bad news. You you during that video as well. You mentioned that that you guys didn't write that song. Uh, we wrote it with uh, with Eric Bazilian from the Hooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, spent a few days. He, he's a buddy of mine as well. I, I met him a few years back with Leo, and and uh, actually, I wrote a few songs with him actually in the past. And and we we uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good idea for him to come down to Switzerland for a few days and see what we, we could come up with. And and uh, yeah, so bad, bad news was uh, was. Uh, was the, the one that sort of the first one that we did he, an idea that he had and we we sort of finished that one off and then he had another idea which actually he he, he wasn't an idea actually the Mar- marry you song was a song that yeah. um he'd had for years it was actually he actually wrote that and recorded it himself and and played it to his wife as a marriage proposal and uh, so, so it's been around for quite a while, and he's been married ever since for you know for quite some some time. And um, and but he never did anything with the song because it was kind of a you know like a kind of more of a personal song, I suppose. And and uh, and we were just talking about songs, and he showed it to us, and we we uh, and Leo just sort of really jumped on it. He was like, "Wow, we, we've got to record this song. We've absolutely got to record this song." He just loved it. Yeah. And um, and by that stage, we were, it was like four in the morning, and we we'd had a you know, a bottle of bottle of whiskey by then, and uh, but we, we thought, hey, yeah, let's just go. So we just went walked down in the studio and uh, and uh, recorded it there and then. I mean, it was yeah, like I said, <laughs> uh, and the recording on the album is actually that. It's literally it's four in the morning with after a bottle of whiskey. You know, so wow. we uh, and then we just added some some strings to it later. But the but the recording is basically that's it. Yeah, wow, that's a cool song too. Um, Get another last time. Um, I think that might be my favorite track on the album. I'm not sure. I mean, I like them all, but um, they're also good. I love your phrasing going in, and then you go with the baby, baby, and then you bleed it right back into the into the into the chorus. Like it's baby, baby, and then back into the chorus, and it sounds so cool. Um, oh yeah. Well, that was actually that was thanks to that. Um, that was actually the first. Uh, that's the first song we did. I think that's the first song we wrote the album. Actually, uh, that's catchy. Yeah, for, uh, actually, Freddie came came to my house and and he he had this riff and we just started and we we um, yeah we just uh, we we that, that's really how it started and then we we had it was funny because as we were starting to kind of I was looking at the vocal lines and and um, Freddie just sort of said. He just kind of mumbled, uh, you know, Mother Mary something, and I was like, Mother Mary, fuck. But <laughs> okay, so so then I just kind of, yeah, I, I played around with uh, <laughs> with uh, with a few kind of, you know, very known 
words, let's say. Yeah. No, it was, it, and the first time I heard it, I was like, did he just say baby, baby? Because you don't, you, in a pop song, you usually hear that, but not like a lot of hard rock bands will say, will put that in a song. And I, I just thought it sounded, it seemed natural and it just fit with, with the way the song went. It's cool. And now I find when I have it on and like if I'm driving in the car and I've got the album on, I just, I just want to sing along to it because I love that part. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Which is funny. Now, um, save the date. Now, that, that's just like a, a common term people use. And, and I was kind of surprised that it became, it was used in a song. Did you write the words to that song? Uh, yeah. Let me try and remember what we uh, say. I think that was that, that the actual save, save the date was actually yeah that was leo actually he 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 wanted to do something with that yeah cool. and um and uh and then i had to i had to write words around it <laughs> yeah and that <laughs> right. would get, that, that's why i say it's so like save the date okay because yeah. because you yeah. know that, that's a term that we use like you know uh, we're getting married save the date we're getting married on this date you know kind of you get right. something in the mail or an email and when I saw it on a song, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But, I mean, the song's great, so. so still- yeah, I think this is another one we played around with a bit as well. Um, that ha- it had an extra pass initially, I think, and, and uh, we kind of simplified. I think um, Paul wanted to just kind of chop it up a bit and simplify it as well. That one we, yeah. And the intro as well was, was very different. We didn't have that in the beginning either, so. Wow. Yeah, it's another one that sort of evolved. I mean, um, I'm going to let you go on a second, and I really appreciate for, appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, and always part me. I was I was actually watching the Made in Switzerland DVD the other day. Um, yeah, I go back and forth to what I, you know, like I can't watch the same one every day. But um, I'm just curious, like in Zurich, like that arena is 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 packed. Is that the way it is in Switzerland for you guys all the time? Um, yeah, general, yeah, generally speaking, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, Switzerland is our biggest, you know, it's really our biggest territory here. So it's, uh, we're, we're actually considered, you know, mainstream here in, in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's def- definitely here is, you know, Germany is also quite big, but Switzerland is definitely the, our biggest, uh, um, our biggest, you know, territory for sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I say mainstream because we're we're uh, you know we we get a lot of a lot of press here as well. Like you know, we're quite often in in, in newspapers, on in magazines, and TV, and, and a lot of different things. So it's it's uh, a, a little bit more like a you know like a pop band would or something. Yeah, that's I mean which, that's amazing. Which, um, yeah, but but I mean that, that's pretty particular though. That that's just it's really more just Switzerland where, where it's really like that, you know. That must be. Um, I mean, the first time you went on stage and saw that, that must have been quite the feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, when I, I mean, I knew they were quite a big band when I joined, obviously, but I, I didn't realize how big. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. But I think the, the, the craziest thing was. I mean, we were keeping it all very secret when I joined, and um, 
uh, for, from all the press and everything because it was I mean there was always a big question on on who was going to repl- replace Steve Lee I mean he was he was a very big personality in Switzerland and, and heavily mediatized when when he died and and obviously was going to be very mediatized when you know whoever was going to replace him so it was yeah it was it was a I mean we, we sort of prepared everything we were ready we had a song. Uh, called uh, yeah, Remember It's Me and the first we had video clip done everything was ready to go and that's how we planned to sort of introduce you know me as a new singer was to just kind of put put the um, uh, put the video out and then just just kind of hey this is a new guy here we go you know and so up until that point it was all kept very kind of hush hush and um, and, uh, and and really we we released it, and the next day, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't walk down the street. Really, it was insane. No, yeah, yeah, I, I just like it, it was insane, insane. I, it was everywhere. I mean, that was just absolutely everywhere on the news. On, I mean, it was crazy, crazy Dude, times. Is it like that all the time there for you then? No, it's it settled down now. I mean, I think it was it, it sort of really the first 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 year was really was really. Uh, was uh, was you know super intense, yeah. and then uh, yeah, and and then obviously things kind of kind of um, um, you know just went back into kind of normality, you know, I yeah. suppose in terms of yeah. But I mean that that was that was yeah. That was, so so coming from nothing to that was <laughs> was yeah. uh, a, a little bit a little bit scary, you know, a little bit weird. You know, but uh, well, yeah, yeah, but it's all you know. But uh, but I mean also we we. We had so much work, and we just spent, you know, the next few years just working our asses off, kind of rebuilding the band, you know. And and, and uh, we're very, very lucky that the that we had so much great support from from the fans, and they 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 were just amazing, you know. They they were really, really encouraging, and 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 really helped me a lot actually, because there were times where honestly it was it was. Uh, I wasn't too sure if, uh, you know, what the hell am I doing here sort of yeah. thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, that, that just I think we were just very lucky that, that the fans uh, stuck with us, you know. Wow. And, and and they embraced you, obviously, which is, you know, that had to be a little bit scary too, that, like, are they going to embrace me or how is it going to go, you know. And like you said, that Steve was such a um, big figure over in, in Switzerland. Yeah, I mean that was the whole thing, and and you know you you I mean all you can do is just do the best that you can do, and and luckily I mean luckily we we had also so much work that that we just didn't think you know you just don't think you just you just kind of work your ass off and put your head down and push forward you know and just and just go for it and and uh, yeah but uh, no definitely uh, weird times very 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 weird times yeah yeah and I I can't imagine that's I mean. Ten years later, here we are, four albums later, and uh, you know you're, it's still yeah. going, and they're still loving the band, and and it's funny because when I explain to people in North America about Gotthard, I we have a band called the Tragically Hip, and unfortunately, um, their singer passed away of brain cancer a couple of years ago, but they right. are they are Canada's biggest band, but no one else knows them in the rest of the world. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were, oh, go. <laughs> what's up? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, it's, exactly. Uh, it's, I'm, it's weird. Different, different cult, like different countries and whatnot, what they, you know, 
it's 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 cool it's cool for canada that we have the tragical hit because he was such a um his name was Gord Downey. He was such an ambassador to the country and loved Canada yeah. and wrote songs about hockey and wrote songs about, you know, like, but in a good way, like he was poetic, but anyway, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a cheesy, like, Oh, I'm going to write a song about hockey. It was actually about a hockey player who had died in a plane crash and they didn't find his body until 11 years later. And the hockey team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, had won the Stanley Cup that year. It was just kind of a really good analogy of the song. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that kind of defines him. But anyways, Nick, I've um, taken up enough of your time. And uh, I appreciate uh, you talking with me today because I was really looking forward to this. And um, I, uh, it was an honor. So thank you very much. No, no, no. No worries. Mark, Mark. Okay. Well, you have a enjoy the rest of your day and uh, good luck, man. Hopefully, we can all go out soon. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, man. All right. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Take care. Take care of yourself. Yeah.